All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing. I just cannot get through my thick head. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Rebuilding Podcast. I'm Missy. And I'm Crimson. Uh, today, we're here to talk about the, uh, the, the Kentucky Party Democratic uh, reorganization that's happening in 2021. Where do we go from here? Uh, we are lucky enough to have a guest here with us, uh, Roberto Enriquez. Roberto, say hello. Hello. Woo-woo. <laughs> uh, Roberto was a candidate for uh, District uh, 66 last year. Is that correct? Very good, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He was kind enough to let me uh, uh, host a trivia night for him. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Crimson here was actually his awesome. campaign manager. I helped Roberto lose. It was great. That's right. We, <laughs> we did a damn fine job of it. You should be proud of that loss. You lost, but you got good bang for your buck. And that's uh, not what we can say for all candidates last year. Right? <laughs> well, and I, I think I'm the only one here that can say that joke. So we've lost efficiently. We lost that's efficiently. Fair. That's right. Losing efficiently that's is, a, is a goal. So yeah, we're here today to talk about uh, reorg this year. Uh, it's a big topic. Uh, it happens every four years in the Democratic Party. Uh, I am new to the party. I just joined in June. So I basically have no idea what the fuck is going on right now. Um, I've heard <laughs> it explained over a few different, uh, you know, county uh, county party calls, um, you know, talks with the new uh, the new chair, um, Coleman Elridge. Uh, however, it you know, it, it's hard to explain a giant process. So we are here today with uh, two experts. Uh, well, I am here today with two experts, Crimson and Roberto, to kind of explain it to me. And that way, if you guys aren't sure what's going on, hopefully you can learn along with me. Yeah, so, thank so I'll, I'll start with the, the the big picture. And I think calling me an expert might be a stretch because even yeah, if you that's get, a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. Well, and Fail. But even with an academic... <laughs> I've already failed and we're not even a few minutes in, <laughs> but even with an academic training and political science, this is not some like common knowledge for one. It varies depending on where you are. And for two, it's like very like, um, there's some baseball term, like if you build it, he will come. I don't know. It's very in the weeds for uh party, non-party people, but our goal is to get non-party people into the party and merge the world of activism more with the county party politics. And to do that, we need to give people a purview, specifically people that want to get engaged or maybe volunteer here and there, but want a deeper level of engagement. And that's the goal of the reorg. So typically, the reorganization kind of ladders up to the big presidential convention, basically. Like it is a, it happens on the presidential year cycle. So it should have happened in December or in March of 2020. So I think, and I don't remember the dates because I have no concept of time, but I think it was like March 22nd or something and COVID hit, like everything shut down on March 16th. So instead of trying to figure out how to logistically like pivot, the Kentucky Democratic Party, also known as the KDP, which we'll refer to it from here on out, um, they decided to delay it a year. Now, that was kind of like a uh, that was a controversial decision in of itself because it's typically done on the presidential year. If you signed up, if you were part of the process four years ago, you signed up for your term to be ending last spring, and now you're still stuck with us if you haven't resigned. So it extended people from a four-year term to a, a five-year term. Um, and so we had a lot of like, you know, chairs step down. That's actually why I'm an interim chair and not an elected chair, because our chair resigned when the party reorg got delayed. So what is the party reorg? It's basically when the Democratic Party brings in the new talent. And what I love about the Democratic way of doing it is it's Democratic and it's bottom up. Started from the bottom, now we're here. So the people at the very bottom of the ladder are choosing the people at the very top through a Democratic style process. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. And so basically we go from the precinct level all the way up to the state level through many conventions. Now, this year, given COVID, it will be all virtual, but typically you can picture these very much as you would picture like the Iowa caucus. Like that's kind of how they feel. Like people want to run for certain jobs. They're in a corner of a room. And if you want to support them, you go to that corner of the room type thing. But this year we're going to be doing it virtually. So it's going to be lots of Google forms and things like that. So 
Roberto, I'm going to hand it over to you. Missy, do you feel like that's a good, are you tracking? You, I, you I feel that's this? a good, like, you know, basis Big of picture, information right. to start with. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the whole goal right five-year-old now says is good. five-year-old says good. Five-year-old says I got approved. Thumbs up. Yes. Says good. So basically, the goal, this is the opportunity. And this is the most important point of what we're going to say. This is the opportunity to quit bitching on Facebook and to quit doing the unproductive shit and join the party. So if you hate Hold Tom on. Perez. I love bitching on Facebook. If we join the oh, party, can we still do this? Yes. yes. Okay. I'm yes. In. Once you're officially a member, though, if you get elected into the party, then you can't talk shit about your Democratic candidates. But why would you? Because they're all amazing. Well, hold on a second. Hold up. So let's just rewind this. Let's say there was a certain Senate candidate that I enjoyed talking shit about last year on Facebook. If at, at what point of election do I have to cease that shit talking? Once you're elected into a formal role. So I can be on the executive committee and talk shit, but I can't be like a secretary and talk shit? At um, the county level. You, you shouldn't talk shit on the executive committee, but it's also a timing thing. And this, the, the meaning when I got behind it. <laughs> you got elected post your shit talking. So you're good. Um, but I mean, it's not about the shit talking as much as the goal is, is if you're going to be part of the Democratic Party, you need to support Democratic candidates. We don't need people within our party bashing people running and putting themselves out there right like all roberto's been a candidate i've worked with candidates i mean the whole point is we should be supporting democrats it's not like the party's like filtering us it's just that if you're going to be a democrat be a fucking democrat and stand up for democrats and but i think are that's you allowed really to are you allowed to offer um like criticism that isn't like i hate this candidate she sucks but are you allowed to yeah. say like hey this candidate doesn't do anything for black people maybe we could change that not that that's ever happened i think it, i don't think there's like very specific bylaws about it um i think it's more about what your committee will tolerate but at the end of the day like i think part of the reason we started this podcast and one of the goals and part of our goal in recruiting for this reorg is that democrats have to start getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations which may be critical feedback of our candidates, right? And so I think that's more about knowing the right place and time to put that critical feedback out there, right? That's fair enough. Right? Like, I know when we have executive committee meetings, we we might get deep into the weeds on certain candidates. That's critical conversation, but it's not like bashing them or hurting them or not helping accelerate their campaign. In fact, I would say... The more critical you are of a campaign, the more you push it to be its best self, you're actually helping the person, not hurting them. And I think the other key difference is when you're on an executive committee, you have more direct access with the candidates than just somebody out there. And so if you see a, a, a deficit in a candidate or their campaign or something that they can improve, you have the ability to contact that candidate and say, hey, I'm a member of the executive committee in such and such a county. And, you know, I was looking at what you said about this or your position on this. And I was wanting to talk to you a little bit about that and see if we might be able to, you know, I have some concerns about your position. And the candidates are open to that. They want that, most of them, most candidates want that feedback from the executive committees. So, you have the ability to do more directly with the candidate and perhaps affect real change in their platform than just kind of railing against it on Facebook and hoping that they pick it up and do something with it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and real change is going to be uncomfortable in Kentucky, right? Because we have so many different variables of trying to expand the electorate, trying to get better candidates, try, I mean, we're, we are spinning so many plates. It's, there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable conversations, but I think Roberto summarized it perfectly. Like when you join the democratic party formally through the reorganization process, you are kind of making a commitment to the party in the sense that if you have major beefs or concerns, you have a, a formal path to make those known. It doesn't have to be a Facebook bitch, right? It can be 
a formal outlet, like bringing it to your committee or taking it to the candidate directly. So that extra access helps us make our candidates as good as possible, which is why part of our bylaws are to support the Democratic candidates. Uh, So uh, as far as RE-ORG goes, when does it start? So the, um, we're in the process of, of finalizing the dates for this year's reorg, which was rescheduled due to COVID, um, obviously 2020 being the lost year, right? Um, <laughs> um, so those dates are going to be voted on coming up at the uh, state executive meeting, committee meeting on February 6th, uh, and then the, the dates will be certain. But in general, it's going to start in the March time frame. Sometime in March is when the whole process will kick off, and it'll finally wrap up in the June, sometime in June, with uh, with the final pieces of it. Got kind it. Of rough. And if you think of that in terms of like the, a presidential year, the next part is like the actual convention, right? And so you can see how this timing kind of, we're a little bit behind, I think, this time probably because we had to pivot. But if it was a normal presidential year, it would be like right in line with like the convention would follow not too long after. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, now, when the process does start, what are some of the first steps that are going to kick off? Level one, let's have some fun. Yes, yeah, so the um, like Crimson said, it start it all starts at your local level, uh, your precinct, and you're probably familiar with your precinct because that's based on that's where you go to vote back in the days before COVID when we actually went someplace to vote. <laughs> so that's like like your local school that you go to, or your local yeah, so neighborhood. When someone says a precinct, like what precinct are you, or the precinct? That is just that little chunk of neighborhood that goes to that one specific location. So when I look at precinct data for how people vote, it is like literally like this church, this is who won. It's, it's, that's what precinct means. Okay, great. And there may be um, several hundred voters in a precinct. I mean, there could be anywhere. Some of the rural precincts have very few voters, just a couple of hundred. Um, urban precincts may have more voters, you know, four or 500, uh, but the precinct is a relatively small area and small number of folks. So it starts there and all the registered Democrats in that precinct are able to vote for their precinct committee member. And that's called, that's at the precinct convention. So all the registered Democrats will get together virtually this year and they will elect three members to be on their precinct committee, a man, a woman, and a youth member. Youth being under 35, I think. Yes. And it's not elect, it's nominate. The first step is nominate. And you can nominate yourself. Right. Right. You can nominate yourself. You don't have to be present to nominate. But those three members then get nominated. And then out of all the nominations, well, people get nominated. Once everybody's been nominated, then all the members of that precinct vote to elect those three members of the precinct committee. Okay. And, and, and to be honest, like, we act like a lot of people get involved, but usually, like, I know in my precinct, I'll probably nominate myself and be the only person that votes for myself. I mean, it's not like a very popular thing. Now that's something we're trying to change, right, Roberto? And for those that don't know, Roberto is on the committee for outreach for the KDP's efforts to promote the um, reorganization in a way that isn't just isolated. That's inclusive. That's not as exclusive as they've been in the past because we just do it in social media and it stays within our own bubbles and just cycles through the same people. So he's helping how do we communicate this out and bring more people in? So it's not just me nominating myself and my husband nominating him, you know, me nominating him as a sacrificial lamb to cover our precinct. Um, right. Our hope and, is to bring more people in. And, and unfortunately, very often, that's exactly what happens. Many precincts, one person shows up, it tends to be the same person every year, they wait for they wait for 10 minutes at the precinct meeting because there's a minimum time you have to wait. Nobody else shows up. 
They write themselves down. They nominate their spouse and somebody else that they know, and that's it. But this is the basic level where you can start getting engaged. Every Democrat can get engaged at this level. How do local Democrats know that there is this process and that they need to go to this meeting or nominate themselves? Well, first off, they listen to this podcast. Thank God. Going over it. <laughs> um, there is a, um, there will be notices put out on your, on the um, Democratic Facebook pages and the Kentucky Democratic Party website will have information. There's also, if you go to the KDP website, you can sign up for notifications on the reorg process. And, and I'll drop that link for everyone on the um, episode description. Awesome. And also there are bylaws um, that each county chair has to abide by and notifying people 30 days beforehand. And I, I don't, I, I actually do have them right in front of me, but they're long and boring, but basically it's like, I either had to put out a media buy on like the highest rated media thing here, or I can pick from like 10 options and do three of them, like a social media thing, uh, you know, flyers. And I mean, there's multiple options, but there is an obligation on the current county chair, um, probably on the executive committee, but I think it lands on the chair to advertise it too. So it should be advertised not only by the KDP and the state party and all the people that are in it should be pushing out the information, but there are bylaws that dictate that the actual county parties 30 days prior need to start promoting it in some way. Okay, cool. Okay, so once we have the three committee members that have been nominated and then elected, the three committee members get together and they determine who's going to be the precinct captain, who's the chair, the chairperson for that three-person committee. So the three people on the committee decide that, which one of them is going to be the chair. And maybe I should also clarify one more thing, Roberto. Sorry, I mm -hmm. keep doing this too. Well, that's um, cool. Uh, the question I get a lot when I ask people to get engaged and involved, they're like, well, what the hell's a precinct captain? <laughs> and that is an interesting question because as Roberto knows, that can be, I mean, it can be seriously just in writing only and you come to the conventions and you vote for the reorg and that's all we see you for the four years <laughs> that you are a precinct captain. Some captains take it very seriously and they'll be like the sign lead. So if you're like, oh, I want to Amy McGrath sign, you would you would theoretically have a precinct captain <laughs> that would step up and be like, hey, I'll, I'll own the sign part of this. And so it's really up to whoever it is that takes that role, what they do with that role. But they should see it as if you step up to be a precinct leader in some capacity Really, it's giving you a little tiny chunk with a little tiny, you know, like here in Fort Thomas, it's three to 500 people usually in a precinct. You're basically taking charge of like, I'm going to work on getting that three to 500 Democrats out to vote and and stay in touch with them and give them the resources they need to know to be educated voters. And however that takes form is up to the person. So there aren't big rules about what you do except really the voting for the executive committee which we'll get to but there isn't like a strict structure of like okay you want to be a precinct captain great you're gonna to have to do x y and z it just it would be great if you would do x y and z more so. okay i have a weird question uh so the mm -hmm. precinct chairs are the or sorry is it precinct chair or precinct captain both, both. right or yeah they're interchangeable there actually there's a slight difference between the two, but for the sake I'm of this discussion, this. let's just say they're interchangeable. Okay. It's a real. It's, it, I think of it as a college project. Like you have three college students working on a project, and one steps up and does all the work. That's really the chair. Yeah. So my question <laughs> is, why do we have the whole like show, like pony show, to like elect the three people? When really only one person does anything, why don't we just pick one person? No, no, all three people that that comes to the next step. Okay. So all all three members of the precinct committee then go to the county convention. So okay. from each of the precincts, you've got the three committee members 
that attend the county convention. And it's at that point that they meet to, um, to nominate, to consider nominations for the executive committee and to vote on the executive committee members. Okay. Now, executive committee members that are nominated, do they self-nominate? Do other people nominate them? Are they automatically nominated if they're currently on the board or all of the no, above? They can be, yeah, they can be nominated by them. You can nominate yourself. Somebody else can nominate you. You do not have to be a precinct committee member to be nominated. You just have to be a registered Democratic voter in your county. Okay. Or or in your legislative district, if it's in Lexington or Louisville, but we'll kind of leave those out of this because that that's kind of a different thing. <laughs> Level two, let's learn something new. So basically at this point, so now we have nominated precinct leaders. We've elected precinct leaders. We've made a chair of out of the precinct leaders. And now we've moved to the county level where we're nominating executive committee members and then voting on executive committee members. And every committee has a different number. Like I know in Campbell County, we have 22 members, but there's requirements of like how that's broken up. So it needs to be gender um, balanced, right? Right. Um, And we got clarification that non-binary just counts as whichever. So like, it doesn't have to be, you know, if you have one non-binary person, they can come from the men or the women group. It just needs to be even. Um, are there any other rules around? And then, oh, you have to have a youth, like a representative mm-hmm. for the for young the Dems, right? Right. And the minimum number is 20 or is 10. I mean, the minimum number is 10. There has to be at least 10 people on the executive committee. Okay. But, so. Um, so the precinct committee members at the county convention, they, they, they go through the nominations and they're the ones that vote on the executive committee members. They also vote on delegates that will go to the district and state conventions. You don't have to be voted on the executive committee to be a delegate to the state or district convention. You don't have to be a precinct committee member to be not to be voted a delegate to the district and state convention. It often happens that you are because those tend to be the people that are really heavily involved. So quite often you will have a situation where the precinct committee members, a number of them are elected to the executive committee and a number of them are elected as delegates to the district or state conventions, but that's not a requirement. So you can just be a voting Democrat in Campbell County, for instance, or Boone County or wherever in Kentucky. You just have to be a voting Democratic member of your county. Then you can be nominated as a county executive committee member and voted that and or as a delegate to the district or state convention. Now, how do the precinct chairs know who they want to vote for? The people that want to be on EC, like, put up their posters and reach out? Or is it, like, self-research? Dear Lord Jesus, I do not often speak with you and ask for things. But now I really must insist that you help me win the election tomorrow. Yeah, usually when somebody nominate, when somebody's nominated for the position, for the executive committee, they'll put out a little blurb about, you know, here's why I want to be. Or they'll speak at the convention, uh, the county convention. Historically, they've usually speak at the county convention and just a couple minutes to say, Hey, here's who I am. Here's why I want to be on the executive committee. And, you know, here's some experience I have or whatever. Um, Do we have any visibility into how that's going to work virtually? Yeah, it's going to be um, the county conventions. I got to refer to my notes here. Um, They will be done. They will be done virtually. Um, and there will be, um, there will also be, the plan is to do it both via um, online as well as a telephone in option. 
So there will be phone-in options at all of these levels. There'll be the ability to phone in. So if you don't have good internet access, you don't have access to a computer, you, you can't do Zoom, any of that, you can use just good old-fashioned phone, landline if you got it. That's awesome, it. for Kentucky. It, yeah, I, I agree. Good, good job on inclu- inclusivity, KDP. Yes. Um, so at the, at the county convention, anybody that's nominated, again, they'll be encouraged to call in or, or connect in and speak a few minutes. If not, they can provide something to one of the uh, precinct committee members to present for them at the committee. So let's say you're, you're busy during the convention and you can't be there, you know, when they get together to actually do the voting, you can have somebody, one of the committee members in your precinct kind of read a prepared statement for you. Well, and people start getting kind of campaigny as it leads in. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I know like I'm, I'm chair, I'm an interim chair though. So I'm going to have to earn the votes this time. And I plan on having conversations with people. I mean, it is kind of running like you're running for office, but it's a much friendlier crowd. And yeah. um, it's a, it's, it's a much smaller base of people you need to reach out to, but people do really campaign for the, I mean, I, I would say like in Lexington and Louisville and in bigger counties, it's more competitive and people are whipping votes and kind of like doing the things that you would imagine you have to do as a party. Now up yep. here in Northern Kentucky, our counties are smaller, so that's less important. So the executive committee is, is elected and then the chairs are nominated from that committee. And then I'm sorry, who votes on who gets the chairs? Yeah, so the the executive committee then gets together and just like the precinct committee members get together and decide who the precinct committee chair is, the county executive committee gets together once they've been elected, they meet and they vote for their chair and vice chair out of their membership. Okay, gotcha. And then the the chair and vice chair, or maybe it's just the chair, Regardless, appoint the treasurer and the secretary. So treasurer and secretary are um, appointments, not elections. So, um, but otherwise everyone else is just EC members um, and usually choose from your EC, like who's secretary and who's going to be your treasurer. But the EC votes for the chair and the vice chair. Okay. Gotcha. So So now we're done at the county level. We've elected our county executive committee. They've picked their chair and vice chair. Uh, We've elected delegates to the district and state convention. The next level is the district convention. And those are the the, uh, congressional districts in Kentucky. So we're in in District 4 here in Northern Kentucky. So there'll be a District 4 convention, District 1, District 2, all six of the districts are six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, six districts. I got to think about that. Um, we'll have a district convention. And at that district convention, all of the delegates from the counties that were elected to the district convention will get together and they will go through the nominations for the state central executive committee and then vote on those state central executive committee members. Level three. Let's pretend he be. So state central is really the executive committee for the KDP. Well, we aren't there yet. This is the state central executive committee district members. Oh, the district members. Okay. Yeah. This is at the, at the congressional district level. So, but it's, it's what the county executive committee is for the congressional district. Okay, so if I'm in like District 4, it's just all the counties that encompass District 4 are going to nominate their own EC equivalent and then pick leadership from that? And then just like at the county level, the executive, the district executive committee gets together and they elect their chair and vice chair from their membership. Okay. So it's just just like Congress, when Congress gets together, right, they, they vote for their leader the Senate Minority Leader and the Senate Majority Leader. It's the same kind of thing. Is the nomination process the same where anyone can be nominated and anyone can nominate themselves from that county that's a Democrat? Or do they have to be nominated from the ECs of those parties? 
For the committee, you can be anybody in the district. Anybody in the congressional district can be nominated to be a member of the Central Executive Committee, district committee. Okay. So, so there's you don't... no boundary on that. Like you just have to be a registered Democrat in that district. So it's kind of nice. I like how this is laying out because I'm like thinking of it as like a nesting egg, right? Because you have like the precinct people are nested within a precinct chair. The executive committee is all nested with a, a county executive committee chair. And then each congressional district, which we have six, now we're down to six chairs of each of the congressional districts. And these, these uh, state central executive committee district members they will all they all sit on the statewide central executive committee which in my opinion is the most important committee right they come together at the state convention which is the next level it typically takes place the same day as the district convention the district convention is usually in the morning the state conventions in the afternoon the state delegates will then um, elect the at-large members for the state central executive committee that represent the state overall. So the ultimately you get the state executive, state central executive committee that is made up of all of your executive committee members from the legis from the congressional districts, plus these at-large members. So you have six from the congressional districts, right? So ultimately just one person from each district? No, there's more than one person from each district. I Is think. it the three? It's the three, yeah. Okay, so it's the man, woman, uh, youth. Youth. Child. Child. 35 or under. <laughs> God, that's my dating range. <laughs> <laughs> so they so they get they get together um with the at-large members that are elected to the state convention. At the state convention, they also elect the DNC members that represent the state of Kentucky to the Democratic National Convention or and Democratic are, National who, Committee. Who are our members right now? I don't know off the top of my head. Is it Nathan Smith's one, right? Yeah, I think so. And then, oh, I can't remember who else. That's who it is from Northern Kentucky. That's all there is in Northern Kentucky, I think. Yeah, they. Um, How many people they, are on this? On the DNC. Yeah, well, but, on the committee that elects them. Let's see. It's three from each district, so that'd be eighteen plus the at-large members. I think there's three at-large members, so twenty-one. Okay. Okay, for the state central executive committee. Then the DNC members, um, again, because this is done during the, typically done during the presidential election year, those are the folks that go on and represent the state at the Democratic National Convention. They're the delegates that go to the Democratic National Convention to vote for the candidate for president. Um, I was, I was a, a, a convention delegate this past year, obviously because we didn't do the whole state reorg they had to, they did that piece, just that piece, the DNC member election last year. So we won't do that. Um, oh no, they'll probably do that again this year because we'll have to have it for. Um, well, no, they. That's right. They have it. Last I heard, we were still discussing what we, how we were going to work twenty twenty four. Stay tuned for that. Well, can we take a break right now and let me ask you a question? Was it fun being a delegate? Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun being a delegate. Um, it was so. This was the first time I was a delegate to the national convention. Um, it was virtual, so I didn't get to go to any of the uh, fun in-person parties, which I've and heard me, so much about over the years. I know, and hobnob with all like the exactly big wigs. Yeah, yeah, you know, get get to bump into Elizabeth Warren and say, "Hey, I know somebody who likes you." Oh my um, god. <laughs> You're my best friend. This new goal in life is going to be totally to get to the convention next year. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I thought your dating demographic was the youth category. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren is a gilf. Nice. Oh, my God. 
She is fantastic. Former Republican turned Democrat. Like, what's better than that? You guys would be perfect. (laughs) You guys would be perfect together. You guys could just like relate to to your your coming to. She could just like read bankruptcy law to me, and I would just melt into a puddle. In the early 1980s, uh, we had about. 300,000 bankruptcies in the United States. I mean, honestly, you might want to pitch her on that. She might leave her husband. She might have finally I, found her match. I've sent her calendars. I've sent her all sorts of things. <laughs> nice. Oh, Missy. But yeah, okay. it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was, um, uh, you know, we got to go to some really interesting meetings and, and have a lot of, um, you know, all the delegates we got, we had a, a private Zoom session with uh, all the delegates together from all the states had a private Zoom session with uh, Joe Biden. Which oh, was cool. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was, and Jill was there too. So um, Joe and Jill both spoke to us. Oh, uh, Jill's way more of a badass than Joe. Yeah, yeah. They uh, always she's, are. She's great. She's great. Um, you know, Did you get and, to see anyone else cool? Like Andy. Andy, yeah, our governor, getting some national attention as he deserves. Yeah, Brittany Bashir. Yeah, she's Brittany. I like her. She's feisty. I like her. Yeah, Yeah. we've got. We have a good first couple for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, The Democratic candidate from South Carolina who ran against Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison, our new DNC chair, right? Yep, our new Mm -hmm. DNC chair national chair um we had a we had a a small group meeting with him there was about maybe 40 or 50 of us on the call and uh got to talk to him for a while which was he's amazing if you ever get a chance to talk to him or hear him speak um he's he he's a badass so yeah we had a lot of meetings like that and um a lot of the caucus meetings i went to the latino caucus because i am latino Oh, yeah. Cool. It's it's a little known fact. My dad's from Venezuela, and uh, and I'm a Latino, so I went to the Latino caucus. That was very cool. Stay in touch with them, and uh, yeah, it, it was a good time. It was a really good time. Awesome. Well, sorry for the sidetrack, but very few people get the it's experience. Awesome. So I and I haven't followed up just as a friend to hear what it was like. So yeah, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Okay, so now we have covered. Precinct, county, and state. Uh, well, well, then there's a step in between, right? Because then congressional district, and then state. The, at the state convention, they elect the state the state central executive committee at large members, the DNC members. They also do bylaw ratification. So if there's any changes to the bylaws. And they elect the KDP chair and vice chair are ratified. The KDP chair and vice chair are ratified. They're elected by the state central executive committee. And then the delegates ratify that. So. And the reason we got a new DN or I'm sorry, a new state chair um, Eldridge is because our old one, Ben self resigned. And so that job opened up. Typically that would not have changed until the official reorg. Well, so, technically it would have been over last year. Right. Right. Ben, yeah. ben resigned after his term was over. I mean, it goes back to by delaying it for a year, a lot of people became inactive and started resigning and there started to be gaps in the party because they signed up for a four-year term and we extended it basically a year. And so Ben resigned I shouldn't say he resigned before his term was over. His term was extended and he resigned as a result of that, basically. And that's how we got Coleman. And I believe he'll have to run again to get chair. Like he's the interim until we do this process. Yeah. Okay. So the chair isn't just nominated by the governor. The governor has, I don't know. I shouldn't run my mouth about this because I don't have the facts, but I think the governor has a very, it's kind of like the DNC chair, like Joe Biden picked Jamie Harrison and you kind of do what they say. But am yeah. I wrong in that, Roberto? No, that's it, it's the 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 governor. If the, if the governor is like the governor's a Democrat now, he will strongly suggest who he thinks 
he will nominate who he thinks should be the KDP chair, basically. And then the, getting nominated by the governor is kind of a big fucking deal. So you usually and get that, it. And that's why it says the delegates ratify. Right. So kind of think of it like the like the um like the president's cabinet, right? The president right. nominates the cabinet and then they're ratified by the Senate. Right. It's like one of the ways that we like fall in line in a way, but at the same time, like if the governor's able to win the governor's seat, he obviously should have a say in like the party's direction. And so it's not like weird or unethical in my opinion. Um, but if Matt Bevan had been governor right now, then we wouldn't have had a governor that had the sway to have said, okay, this is who I think it should be. It would have been probably a different executive process. Yeah. You wouldn't have had like a nomination from the sitting governor as like, Hey, you should pick this guy. Um, we just have that because we actually have the governor seat right now. Okay. So the question I have with that is, uh, you know, Coleman Elridge as chair, how much, how much does he dictate what the party's strategy is? Ultimately, the policy positions of, of the KDP come out of the state central executive committee. So okay. obviously, obviously, the Democratic governor and the KDP chair have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of say and a lot of influence on that. But ultimately, if the state central executive committee doesn't agree with that, they can say, yeah, we're not doing that. Which is why, I mean, it's kind of put up as the most powerful position in state politics is to be on the state central committee, because that's where you're going to have the largest impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of this is supposed to ladder up to make a more diverse and inclusive and all the things we want out of the state central committee. And so you're starting at the very bottom to get to the very top to make sure the people at the top represent the people at the bottom. And that's why the Democrats Democrats do it from the bottom up because that should be the intention, right? Is like each level is re-emboldening the values that rep- end up on the state central committee. Okay. All right. So does that, I mean, does that make sense? That does make sense. I, I think, yeah. I mean, like that definitely helps. A lot of the questions that I had, you know, like, I guess kind of going back to when I joined the party, um, you know, a big reason why I switched is I didn't, I didn't agree with a lot of Amy's campaign. Obviously Amy was running her own campaign. It has not a lot to do with the party itself, but things with like, like the KDP, um, you know, there was like a, so some stats were put out where they had support, you know, 70% of what they shared was about Amy, you know, and, and they kind of ignored like state, uh, state representation at the time. So I'm just, trying to like get my head around like who determines where they focus on for change yeah so, i mean because really the state central committee is the board that oversees the kdp so in a way they're boards are so complicated because you're not like the boss but you're the boss right if you're on the board because you have a lot of power in that role and so the kdp how they allocated funds and what they did I would assume was run by the board before they did that. Um, but it, they kind of can do whatever they want and then hold them. Then the board holds them accountable. I mean, it, it kind of, okay. right. Am I representing yeah. this correct, Roberto? Uh, yeah, you're right. So like the state committee can't say to the KDP, like, no, you're putting a hundred percent of money in the state house. Cause that's, what's important to Andy Bashir and to the state party, right? We need to get the state house covered so Andy doesn't get impeached. Like they don't have that power. The KDP are the doers. They're getting paid. And that's something we haven't mentioned. Everybody that we've spoken about in this process, none of them get paid for the work they do. It's only the people that are employed by the KDP that are overseen by the state com- state central committee board that that get paid. So, so- these are all volunteers. Yeah, ultimately, the power sits with the state central executive committee. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, even if like I'm trying to think of an example, um, I mean, it's like all boards, right? So like the KDP has to go to them and say, okay, here is our budget for 2021. We want to put this much money here. We want to put this much money here. Put this much money here. These are our objective, our goals. Like 
and the board approves that basically. And so the board's in the loop and knows what's going on. They just don't have any control over how that's executed. If that makes sense. Okay. Right. The day the day to day execution is done by the high, the people who are hired at the Kentucky at the KDP. So if people were unhappy with how last year went, executive committee. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's where you're going to make changes into where um, you, into the strategy. That's where the strategy come starts coming out of as well as the KDP, but ultimately, ultimately the state executive committee is where you would go with a grievance like that, or you, okay. you could start at your local if it was a local election. So, Got it. Thank you so much for explaining that. Okay. So this all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this definitely makes sense to me. This is, this is the best explanation I've had. Thank you so much. I am such a newbie at this. I appreciate it. Um, I do have a couple well, other it's, questions. It's clear as mud. Combo. There are like these councils. Uh, you know, I was I was invited to be part of like an LGBTQ council, and then I found out that there might actually already be one in existence. But I tried to go to the KDP website to look up like different like you know parts of reorg that you could be involved in, and there's and I don't know how to find out you know, what councils there are and, and how to be involved with them and, and those things. Do you have an easy answer to that, Roberto? I mean, I think that's yeah. something, especially Missy, since you're on an executive committee, that's something your chair can help you get information on. Okay. Because, I mean, part of being on an executive committee or chairing an executive committee at the county level is once again, access to these folks, right? And so you have the ability to go and, 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 and you can lobby these people too and, and, you know, get your voice out. And I think that's one of the main goals and why we're having a whole podcast about it is because if you truly in your heart want the Democratic Party to represent you, you can now see how these small little volunteer roles give you a voice at the table ultimately. Because you're yeah. voting on up on who gets the power, if that makes sense. You no, know, I, I definitely feel it. I just I want to be involved as much as I can be involved. I was very frustrated last year with how things were going. Uh, I switched my party. I want to do the work. I just don't know how to jump in. And I know that there's like an LGBTQ thing, uh, but like maybe there's like other you know ways that I want to be involved. Maybe there's a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Council for Democrats in Kentucky. So you really are giving out money, huh? Is that any more tacky than your faux I'm shy but deep campaign posters? I don't see why your pathetic need to recapture your glory days gives you the right to splinter my vote. Okay, let's not say something we'll uh, regret later, okay? You crazy freak! Vapid whore! Like that. Um, <laughs> you know, and like, they don't know to reach out to me. How do I know that they that, that they exist? You know, like, there's not a lot of information on the website. And I can definitely check with right. my with my chair. Um, so I appreciate everything you guys are giving me. Well, and I would say that to anyone listening. Uh, find out who your chair of your county party is. Or in today's world with Facebook, just go to their Facebook page and send a message. Like, I want to find this out. Um, you know, like I have a passion in trans youth and conversion therapy or something. Like, is the state party doing anything about that? Or is there any way I can get involved? Because um, that's probably the best way to get that kind of information. And if you, you know, if you... You know, if you do message your county party like on Facebook or you find they have a website or an email address and you don't hear anything back, you can always attend an executive committee meeting. Mm -hmm. yep. um, nice. They, you know, they, they have to have um, they have to have at least one every quarter, but most people have them every month. Most county executive committees have a meeting every month. Um, you can go to the you can go to the executive committee meeting. Anybody's welcome to attend. Anybody in the party's welcome to attend and listen. And, and uh, you know, and most of the executive committees will give visitors a chance to address the committee if they want to. And, and you know, you can address the whole committee if you want to if you're given that chance by the chair, or you can talk to them afterwards or beforehand. I mean, that's really how I got involved. Was I started going to the meetings and then I a seat opened up and I became 
the I, I became a member of the EC because obviously in between this process of the reorg, people leave, die, all the things that can happen in life. And you can fill those positions by voting within the executive committee to fill those roles. And that's how I got in um, the executive committee. But I was just going to the meetings. And I want to throw this out here because this happens to me a lot. I invite people to the meetings because I get excited, like, hey, join the party and see that we're actually doing like, it may be the small work, but it's the work that gets things done. And they're like, this is boring because it is still an executive committee meeting. You have to approve minutes. You have to look at your budget. But at the same time, if you're interested in what's happening in your county, that's kind of good stuff to know anyway. Um, how much money does your local county party have? Like, I mean, all of that is public information and you can get that by attending the meetings. And that's kind of how you can vet the people and get to know them too. If you want to be an informed voter in the precinct level um, and moving on up, going to these types of meetings is a good way to get to know the people in your County. Awesome. I love all of this. Thank you guys so much. I I can't believe it. You actually answered all of my questions. <laughs> you win. <laughs> That's amazing. Hopefully correctly. I'm yeah. sure someone on Twitter will correct us, but regardless. Um, I always say if you don't know the answer, just make it up. <laughs> oh my God. I live by that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Roberto, for coming on here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And, and I just want to reinforce that the reason that this is important is because a lot of people are disgruntled about the democratic party, about, you know, progressive establishment, all of these things. Like, Let's stop talking and let's start working together. If you find yourself to be an extremely left progressive Democrat and you don't feel represented, you have to ask yourself, what am I doing to have my voice heard? And this is an opportunity to have your voice heard. I mean, part of the reason I joined county politics is I expected a lot of pushback and being kind of not heard and like the elders would have all the say. And that's not at all what I found, right? Like... They want to hear all sides of the story. The, true representation and inclusivity c can only come if you join. And, you know, I shouldn't quote this specific person, but Hillary Clinton said it best. Like, you can't bitch about a problem and not join the system and change the systematic problems. Right. And so oh, but if you're. I know 30,000 of them, Missy, 30,000 of those emails is the reason why 400,000 Americans are dead from COVID. Yeah. But, um, you know, that it seems so petty and, and ridiculous and it's so many steps, but if you're a newbie and you're somewhat interested in County politics, the best part of COVID right now is that you can do all of this virtually. It's going to be through Google docs and Google forms and, it's going to be virtual. So you aren't like physically putting yourself out there, standing in a room awkwardly, like not knowing anyone. Like now is the time to jump in with that and like anonymous way um, to kind of see the process. Same with attending your EC meetings. Like it's way easier when it's virtual and you don't have to drive and show up somewhere. Um, so I really encourage people like if this made sense to you and you understand the importance of it, and you want your voice heard, we need you to join. There are seats at the table. Like there will be seats and there is always room for more diversity and more. And I don't mean diversity by skin color. I mean, diversity and thought region, all of the above. Like we should be representing our counties well, and we can't expect the state, you know, a lot of the complaints of the KDP is that they represent Lexington and Louisville, right? Well, Lexington and Louisville put a lot more effort into their county parties and do a lot more of the work. So, of course, that's the way it works. So if we want to be seen, if we want to be heard, this is the path. Like there's only one party right now for the Democrats. That's the Democratic Party. It's already organized. There's already a process. You, anyone, as long as you're a registered Democrat, can be involved. Like it is inclusive. And if you want to be heard, it's time to step up. Like we need the we need diverse thought. And we all need to be pushing each other to be critical thinkers and to push this party forward. 
Amen. Right? <laughs> no, seriously, it's that that's really what it is. And and I think, you know, it, you know, you, you hear people talk about slacktivism, right? Well, here's a chance to move to move and show that you're not just, you know, raging against the sky. Ah, and, and actually do something. I, I guarantee you, you show up for these uh, precinct conventions, and the you'll you'll make a you'll make an impact. You'll have you'll make a difference. There's, oh yeah, a precinct leader that actually does their job. You see it in the data. Like, I mean, it is. If we had all of our precinct covered with an actual like lead and they were pulling the weight like the democratic party would be doing much better in the state of kentucky yeah and i and i will tell you as so i ran for state house of representatives here in kentucky the last two uh cycles and if a precinct captain in my district had contacted me and said hey the folks in my precinct said that they would like to have a meeting. They'd like to have a get together with you to ask you some questions and find out your thoughts on some things. I would have been like, give me the date and time. I will be there. I would be happy to be there or give me the Zoom meeting if, you know, if we have to be socially distant. Most candidates, especially on the state level and on the local level, they will be thrilled to come and talk to your precinct if your precinct captain asks them. And if your precinct captain isn't doing anything, go to your go to your county executive committee. I can guarantee you any of them will be happy to come to your executive committee meeting and talk to you. And you can talk to them one-on-one. And, and that's when you can really make a difference and, and plead your case and tell your story to a candidate. And, and like I said, you know, if, if you think somebody's making a mistake or their position's wrong or they need to moderate, um, one of the things that I find as a Democrat is most of us seem to be willing to uh, process new information and change our position based on that if, if it if it makes sense. So you yeah. have the power. Yeah, and people feel powerless, but they don't understand. It's a complicated system. I mean, we just spent an hour breaking it down, right? It's not like it's simple, but at the bare bones, it's basically – the people at the very bottom are just like, we're working our way from the bottom to the top to try to get the inclusivity that everybody talks about and wants. But it's really, I mean, I'm, I'm a chair of a county party and it's really hard to recruit people to do this. This is a big challenge. And what I'll be spending the next four or five months of my life doing is trying to bring people in that aren't just going to join to join, but are going to join to be strong advocates. And that's where I think if you are someone listening, that's an activist or grassroots organizer and have a bad taste in your mouth because of county parties and because of the establishment idea of it, just know that, and it, I'm sure it depends on what county you live in, but most counties I know want you involved, want you engaged. It's better to have your voice at the table than not. And most of the commitment that you're making is coming to a meeting once a month, having your voice heard, and then maybe chairing a couple of things like an event or a subcommittee of, of some kind. I mean, it's not a lot of work that is required of you, but it gives you such a stronger voice in the, in the, the big picture of the, the the county party, the state party, and that ladders up to the national party. Are you glad you're a Democrat now, Missy? I don't know if I'm ever going to be glad I'm a Democrat. <laughs> I'm glad you're a Democrat. Fired. I feel like Missy I actually, fired. I feel like I have a chance to actually make change in the Democratic Party. So I am, I am really glad for that reason. Yeah. No, I think, well, I think we're about to see a lot of change and um, I think it's going to be good change because, or maybe it's just like, I feel lucky on my little committee. Um, we have a very good balance in terms of uh, age demographics. So we have wisdom, we have energy, we have um, some urban perspective. We're missing rural perspective and we need more of that. Um, so we have a lot of work to do, but I feel very 
comfortable in the space of our committee of speaking freely about how we feel about issues. Um, Roberto's actually new to Campbell County Democrats because um, he just moved from Boone County. So hopefully yes. he's been Hopefully you've been enjoying the meetings. Um, I have. They've been good. I've really enjoyed them. Even, yeah. did tri- even did trivia one for our Christmas party. Yeah. Thanks to you. You stepped in and started working immediately. And that's why Crimson loves Roberto. Roberto always <laughs> comes through. <laughs> that's why people shouldn't have elected you. You listen and you come through. Uh, sure. I'll put those big letters on my truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was horrible of me to do to you. And you did it. So awesome. I will forever love you for that. So, well, thanks guys for tuning in. Hopefully this answers your questions. If you have more post on Facebook, ask us questions, tweet us, whatever you want to do. Um, we have a, Oh, we have a website too, rebuildingpod.com. Um, we, you can contact us through there. So let us know if you have questions about it and we can point you in the right directions to get engaged and involved because the whole point of this episode is to encourage you to get engaged and involved. Thank you, Roberto. Thank you, Crimson. I feel like a very educated five-year-old right now. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> Stay five, Missy. It only gets worse from there. Forever young, I'll